Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So, so I've already had you guys, it's just, it's just so funny how things happen when I, when I meet a guest and, um, and this woman, I, I knew the moment I touched her book that we were kindred spirits in a way. And then when I saw her in person, I just kind of started tearing up. Um, So I'm so curious to see where we go with this conversation. Um, I want to welcome artist, author, and therapist, Dr. Laura Basha. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me. So her her latest book, you guys, is called The Inward Outlook. And I love that title. Conscious Choice as a Daily Practice. And you have a little... uh, phoenix rising symbol at least that's what it reads to me and the phoenix is one of my totems you know it's like constant so the inward outlook um so laura how let's start with how what led you to finally uh put everything in one in one book and i got to tell you guys everything's in this one book you talk about spiritual principle you talk about core values. So what led you to write the book? And then let's go into the juiciness of it. Wow. What led me to write the book? Well, the book is really um, sort of a synopsis of my life's work. So it, it took decades of not only study and training, but practice with people and, and mostly with myself to really, um, be able to put into words the work that I've done with clients over the last 40 years. Um, I don't think I could have written the book before I did uh, because uh, I I would say there was so much of my own dissolving of my own patterns of limitation through the years, recognizing them and then being willing to dissolve them and becoming more authentic. And then even dealing with the fear of putting myself out there, that fear of vulnerability. And then realizing that the heart of the work is so, has been such a contribution to so many people and so many across gender, across, across, uh, um, age across, you know, uh, lifestyle. It's a principle-based paradigm that's deeper than the content of anyone's life. So it actually speaks to the design of human being and how that, uh, and, and the brilliance and gift of that, as well as the limitation of that, and how we really are creative sparks of the of the divine, the essence of who we are, sort of walks around in this little piece called Laura or called Susan, or and distinguishing those two uh, 
uh, ways of being so that one can keep one's um, peace of mind in the face of not only everyday life experience, but what we're confronted with, with what's happening in the world. And that, that took uh, the wisdom of an elder. To I, and I really appreciate that because you just described the arc of, of your life. And and it is interesting to me if we had known if we if we had known what we actually know now, Laura, in, in our wisdom of elder years, when we were 20, would we have done anything really monumentous? I I, I don't know. It's almost like the, the learning path had to happen. The, the soul growth had to occur to get us to this place where we go, oh, now I'm going to speak it out into the world. Yes. I mean, if I'd known now, if we had known now what we at 20, we'd be having this conversation when we were 20. And then who knows what who knows out of that. And I that's my expectation of for the evolution of humanity is that these conversations, these kinds of conversations, there's a lot of people who are awakening now on the planet and distinguishing their identity of their human identity from the essence of who they are that is a more common conversation now and it will eventually elevate humanity such that you know in a hundred years maybe we will be six-year-olds with this kind of understanding and then we don't really know at this point what we'd be accessing or creating that's that I count on that and uh, I, I do so and one of the things you said before we started recording is you said that um, that you have a lot of hope because you think that uh, what's happening is just really loud can you say that again Laura what you said oh. to me before yes you know there's so much the media puts out so much information about well, I could say the negative things happening in the world, the atrocities that are happening in the world, the anger that's happening in the world. There's two energies in the universe. One is fear and one is love, and love is the greater. And the loudness and the negativity are all, uh, and the righteousness and the, 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 um, you know, the aggression that we see is all just expressions of fear. Yeah. Uh, the, the, timidity we have, the vulnerability we feel, anything other than peace of mind is aspects of fear. And it it behooves us to really start distinguishing that and realize that we also have this huge inner uh, reservoir of love available to us. And that's, um, the book talks about this in a much more pragmatic way. But it's essentially um, the direction that we want to uh, realize is available to us all the time. Uh, love is not just that sort of, you know, romantic notion we have. Love is the harmonizing, equalizing element that holds the universe together. And we're looking at each other through it. It's equally everywhere present. And to be able to distinguish the concerns and worry and fear that we that we sort of um, 
each of us individually has our own versions of that to distinguish that from the essence of who we are, which is this eternal capacity for love and compassion and and well-being, then the more we can consciously choose to be, you know, um, engaging light from that place. That's mm-hmm. actually the the meaning of the title of the book, The Inward Outlook, that that's a perceptual stance of listening from the wisdom and quietness and well-being of the essence of who we are while we greet the form of life that we are all engaged in in the physical plane. I know this may sound kind of airy-fairy, but I'm telling you this is the most pragmatic stuff to navigate life with ease and wisdom and have the best quality of thinking to bring into any situation that you are confronted with. Yes, and then and therefore also the best quality of of life. Of yes, it, it's how you draw in if you haven't been living it. How you draw in or or actually drop into your happiness, your joy is is by connecting to that love source within you, and then it becomes an outer expression in your life. Yeah, and. And if we if we all practice that, then the exterior angst, I guess I'm trying to be nice, Laura, uh, that we see outside of us will will diminish. It'll dissolve because we are conti- we are dropping into that love source, that spiritual divine spark, and living, like you said, from that outlook, from the inward outlook. Yes. Yeah. Well, it may dissolve the angst for for me, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily dissolve the angst of those that I'm talking to or living with. However, the more you, the more we develop ourselves to be uh, um, a conduit for the essence of who we are, that actually reverberates out to the world that we're standing in. So that it's like a tuning fork, that it actually does harmonize the angst, if you will, of the others, and could be the angst of a little of a child who is, you know, suffering over a lost toy. It could be the the angst of an angry spouse who is sort of, you know, losing it in the moment. The way to practice, though, it's in a way the hardest work there is is you have to be willing to deal with the angst in yourself. When you're willing to deal with the angst in yourself and really start to dissolve it and look at it without judgment. That's hard. But the thing that's to realize about those defenses that we build up in life is that we've developed them mostly as really young, when we were very young, to be able to integrate into this family of big people that we happen to be living in, that we our lives depend on, so we figure out how to how to not rock yeah. the boat or how to fit in or how to be darling or how to how to do what's expected so that we can survive. So it actually these defenses are brilliant strategies for a four-year-old. But when you get to be 20 and 30 and 50 and 70, they don't really work so well. Mm. So if you're willing to distinguish them and the way to do it without judgment is to appreciate that they served us at some point in our life, but we just sort of forgot that we made them up. And as we got older, 
we we sort of unconsciously operated from them. And then at some point you realize, well, you know, no wonder this is not working. I'm behaving that way. I'm choosing that way of being. And I'm not committed to that way of being. So then you are able to start making a conscious choice. Once you start working with yourself that way, you have a lot of compassion for people and what's happening in the world because everybody's making choices based on the way life makes sense to them, based on the way they think or the way, the way they perceive. And so everybody's doing the best they can, even if you're sitting there watching certain leaders in the world and you're like incredulous at the choices they're making. On some level, you know, I worked with the persistently mentally ill for, for several years. On some level, what we would call insanity makes sense to these folks. Yes. So when you see that, it doesn't necessarily let anybody off the hook for the repercussions of the choices they made, but it allows you to see some kind of psychological innocence and have compassion and then bring the best quality of your thinking to any circumstance that you find yourself in. And then watch the news, sort of on looking at from the essence of who you are, knowing that you don't quite understand the whole purpose of it, but you you maintain some peace of mind while you're on looking the suffering that's happening in the world. Does that make sense? It, oh, it makes complete sense. Now, if I can just practice that, especially over the next few years, months, uh, whatever. Thank you for that, though. Uh, it's a it's a reminder to reset for me, reset within my heart space and continue to live from that as opposed to allowing the, the fear triggers to hook me. The fear triggers actually, though, are pretty great, too. If, if you're interested in growth and development, the fear triggers are the things that are pointing you in the direction that's where you need to go to get more free to get to get more freedom and if you're somebody who's got their foot on the path you can you, you can really expect the universe to give you all sorts of opportunities to continue to practice yeah which the universe happily does all the time it's know. actually the only way we evolve I mean, there's no chat. That's life was designed to be challenging. Life was not designed to be a cakewalk. Life was designed to be challenging because it's the only great meeting challenges and and uh, uh, expanding one's awareness of how to deal with them is how we evolve. Just breathing, Laura. I'm just breathing. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yes, it's a good thing. So let's dive into the 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 book right now. Um, because you've got in the chapter a principle-based paradigm. You've got so much uh, really wonderful, succinct, easy to, at least eat for me, easy to understand explanations of how uh, our spiritual evolution, why we're here, the, the evolution, how our mind and our divinity uh, co coexist and co-create the law of thought, mind, consciousness, and thought. So let's talk about that. The law of thought. <clears throat> the law of thought is that uh, what you think 
creates your experience of life. That's essentially it. A deeper uh, dive into the law of thought is that how we condition our consciousness determines what kinds of thinking we will have. So for example, if if we're somebody who worries a lot and yeah. maybe have a habitual pattern of worry, at some point along the way, it probably seemed like it made sense to worry, like it proves that you care about something, you, you know, you're concerned about something, but worry actually doesn't produce any results. Worry is not a particularly useful emotion. Um, unless you want to experience a, a disease in the physical body, then worry, that's, in my experience, been... Well, there, there's definitely ways results. to self up. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's a, a habitual way of thinking, then, then you're going to perceive life with this kind of background music of concern. If you're someone, for example, who practices meditation who practices being present in the moment mm -hmm. with no attention to thinking from the past. That, that's actually how to be present in the moment, is to turn your attention away from thinking. Now, here's the thing. Human beings are thinking machines. <laughs> Human beings think just like the mouth produces saliva. The brain thinks. We just, we get in trouble when we identify with the thinking that the brain is putting out, which is basically a ticker tape of memory. Yeah. When we can practice turning our attention away from that internal dialogue or monologue and just be present in the moment with whatever's happening with no attention to thought, then we are uh, practicing the presence what I would call practicing the presence, practicing relating to ourselves as the eternal essence that we are. Mm -hmm. And the more we practice that, we are conditioning our consciousness or our pattern of thinking to bring in what's available through the essence of who we are, which is infinite intelligence, omniscient wisdom, and omnipotent love. All the divine attributes are always available to all of us if we would stop paying attention to what we know and be willing to listen to what we don't know. Human beings do not like to not know. Human beings like to know. Right. And that's how you stay safe it is if, you know, if you can figure out what the outcome could be, you can protect yourself and your family, you know, which is what at least in my family, that's what worry is, you know, okay, how can I take care of everybody? That kind of stuff. Right. Sure. But that's the a myth. However, I would also say there's wisdom in that. I mean, you want to know how to navigate life. You want to be paying attention. You know, you don't want your kids to be running into the street. I mean, you do want to, there's yeah. aspects of fear that are useful that, that coming from a state of mind that is connected to source, connected to the essence of who you are, then those those data points that are informing you of what's happening in your environment will be infused with common sense and wisdom. So you won't have the emotional reactivity as you take action to take care of business. You'll actually have this kind of effortless calm that allows you to deal with whatever has to be dealt with. So you want to have the pra pragmatic 
um, uh, uh, applicability of knowing what's happening in the physical plane. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you want it to be going hand in, in partnership with that calm, eternal essence that you are. That's the way to have, really have a healthy life. And that's the law of thought, that you can bring those two worlds together and have a different quality of life experience, even though you're dealing with the same circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes it makes sense to me. It does. And 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 that is part of my uh, daily practice is, you know, and again, I, I said the word reset, but it's, you know, reminding myself of the truth of my being. And, and, and as I enter into my new day, that, that reminder that I am the essence of love, as is everybody, some people have just forgotten. Uh, it helps me when I step out the front door, you know, sure. it really, it really does. Yes. You could just have a, a a word by the front door that says "remember." Yeah, that's <laughs> the. I mean, you said it. Every we're all actually enlightened. We've just forgotten. I mean, enlightenment is really a thought away. It's and it's a practice. It's not like a place to get to. It's a practice of remembering who we are. Yes, and and uh, because I don't know that there's a that at least in in the physical human body in terms of spiritual evolution. I don't know that we ever experienced the final pinnacle at the top of the the hill. You know, the actualization is part of the practice. I don't know that there's a pinnacle. I don't know that there's a top to the hill. I think yeah. the whole universe is consistently expanding in a way that we actually can't even fathom. I mean, it, there's an infinity involved here and there's no way for us to grasp what that actually means. Um, one of the things I you said, I, I wrote it down on one of my notes, was um, from the center to the circumference. And be, being in your center helps you navigate the circumference. And I, you know, I got circles behind me. I love the idea of being in a center, in a circle, and trusting and knowing that everything around me is part of a reflection of my center, you know. In fact, one of my practices before I leave in the morning is to surround myself in a bubble of light with uh, mirrors that reflect out so that the only thing that can come at me or into my sphere, my circle, is love. And anything else just kind of gets reflected back you know, return to sender kind of thing, because that's, I'm not, I choose not to have as much as possible those kind of uh, darts, you know, or negativity. And so many people are walking around with that, you know, pig pen mentality from Charlie Brown, the guy that has the cloud of dust all over him, you know. And so, yeah, to, to just center, center yourself. And you're talking also about the practice of sitting in the silence as much as possible. Well, it's really great what you're saying because coming from greeting life center to circumference actually has you bringing the silence wherever you go. Mm. So as as you're seeing yourself at the center, you actually are just, it's like you're part of the, we are all creative sparks of the oneness of, 
the divine of the Tao. And so to come center to your circumference, you're actually emanating out the light of the Tao. And so any dark coming your way either gets turned away from that light emanating from you or is dissolved and transmuted into a higher self. So it's like you bring that, you bring what you're looking for. Yes. Bring what you're looking for. Yes. Practice of whatever it means to you, however it looks to you to be the center to circumference is its own protection. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we think that um, all that uh, stuff that we're doing protects us, but actually the safety net is is letting go and allowing that essence to come through because it will give you the most intelligent response you need in any given moment without having to worry about it. Um, and it also sort of buffers you mm -hmm. any other suffering, your own suffering. You, it's not like you're not going to experience sadness or you're not going to experience pain or you're not going to experience empathy. You are, but you're coming, but that is all experienced inside of a knowing that all is well inside of a knowing that what you're seeing is part of a larger whole that maybe you understand, maybe you don't, and that there's a trust involved in there. It sounds naive in a way, but it's actually the seat of true power. I so agree with you. Yeah. I so agree with you. And, and in my experience, it is challenging at times to trust that the infinite really does have a much, uh, well, we like to think in human terms, right? That the infinite has ideas and, you know, there's something so much larger, like you said earlier, that is at play. And my little small human self is just a part of that. It's not, not like we're being manipulated or any of that. There's a co-agreement co that we make you know, when we come back to earth, when we incarnate, uh, to, to evolve, to learn, to, and when we're not learning, I think that's when everything becomes difficult and suffering and darkness because we're, there's some place, again, it goes back to remember, where we forgot that we said, yes, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to come down and learn, learn how to be compassionate, more compassionate or more loving for myself or for others or whatever. So, yeah. Well, uh, all of it, all of it is kind of grist for the mill. Uh, it, uh, you know, those, and listen, I have dark moments several times a week. It's not like I'm off the hook from being human. Right. <laughs> but my, at this point, I catch myself quicker than I maybe did before. And uh, for those people who are, caught in unconsciousness. Uh, it's just part of the evolution. I mean, if we're not there, we've been there. Mm -hmm. And if, and, and no matter how far down the path of awakening we are, there's always someone who's more awake that, that we can follow. Exactly. So it, it's, um, I think, I don't know if we're going to go here, but I, I do think 
that one of the things we're seeing on on the planet right now with humanity is with social media, there's there's no escaping everybody's point of view. We are having to get reality oriented to the different uh, mindsets that are out there in humanity and how loud some of the negative mindsets are. Now, the, the gift of that, when you're confronted with the challenge, is then you have an opportunity to make a different choice and make changes and address issues. The climate issue, for example, some people still think that it's a hoax. Yeah. <laughs> and some people really think that. And so there'll either be enough of us who are um, addressing the issue of what's happening to our planet, or there won't, and the planet will survive, or it won't. Um, that will be a lesson, too. Uh, we could get into reincarnational conversations. I don't think maybe that's for what this call is for, but it's a uh, an evolutionary um, process that in the larger picture makes sense for what transformation requires. Transformation requires that all of that darkness gets brought up to the light so that it can be dissolved. So, Laura, let me, since you said that, because I, I'm in absolute agreement that transformation means that darkness needs to be brought to the light. So, okay, that's my human mind here just kicked in because I want to know that at some point that that light work won't be necessary anymore because we will have transmuted a lot of that darkness that 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 whatever label you want to put on the stuff that is not attuned to the higher frequency of source i want to know that it ends laura <laughs> well i think probably there's a point at which uh uh awakening from this human condition occurs. I think we're a ways away from that. We won't see that in this lifetime. We won't see that in probably several. And at that point, consciousness will be taking different forms than it is in these physical bodies. Right. But that's a conversation that, you know, I can entertain, you can entertain, but it, it maybe is not it doesn't really help people in day-to-day -day life right now, except right. that you can free yourself more than the average person. You can free yourself enough to watch the news and have your feelings about it without and, and experience the suffering of humanity without feeling suffering, without you can experience, you can be in circumstances and ex and with compassion experience someone's pain without suffering yourself so that you can actually be a contribution and a solution to the problem. Uh-huh. You know, one thing we don't talk about too much is the way I handle myself in the kitchen with an upset spouse makes that if I if I keep my peace of mind and compassion, that makes that peace of mind and compassion available to anyone else standing in the kitchen with an upset spouse, because we really are all connected. Yes. So however I manage myself 
yes. make a difference in how others manage themselves. However you manage yourself, you wouldn't be doing this work that you're doing if you weren't interested in continuing to evolve. The way you manage yourself in your personal life and remember who you really are versus the reactivity that's going on, the more you allow for an awakening for all human beings who find themselves in that situation. It, it's, that's, that's a place to really be responsible for how you're managing yourself and who you're being in the world. And that's why an inward outlook is so vital for all of us, all of us. And I love in your book, Laura, that you have, um, after every chapter, you have a section for notes so people can take some notes. And at the back of the book, you have practices with journaling prompts that help, I believe, some of the questions help you become a little more aware of where you are in the moment that you're practicing. Um, that was my intention with those, having those questions be more inquiries. Um, uh, I'll just say something. It's a quote from the woman who is my spiritual teacher. She hasn't been with us for many years, but she said, one with God is the majority. So, oh my gosh, I got chills. Like, yeah. And with the essence of who you are really uh, gives you the source of power that you are. Yes. And the wisdom and the compassion that you really are. That's brilliant. I, I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I, I, thank you so much. And again, thank you for, I said this before we started, but thank you for the, the work that you, you're doing and you continue to do. And, 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 um, everybody needs to go to Laura's website because it's not just writing the a book like this, The Inward Outlook. She's got artwork that it, you just can feel her uh, divine essence pouring from the artwork. And that's just me looking at it on the internet. I can't even imagine standing in front of one of your paintings, what would I would feel. Um, so... Uh, Laura, what's the website so everybody can go? Uh, the website is whitebirdrising.com. You held up the little um, branding icon of the phoenix on the book. Whitebird rubbed in. It, you have to put the www in front because I think there's a music group in Europe called Whitebird. Oh. <laughs> but it's okay. whitebirdrising.com. And on there you'll see all my three books. You'll see... Um, artwork and a lot of the articles that I've written over the years and continue to write actually and there's videos of me doing little blurbs on certain topics that I think would be helpful to people I I, I appreciate that I appreciate that and um, you guys we're going to have uh, Laura come back uh, next year because she's got another book coming out that is with her artwork and it's specifically focused on spirit right yes it's a the archetypes set of eight paintings each one represents an archetypal image of what it means to be a human being and if you actually go to the website right now there's a whole story behind creating the it was created as a handmade book it will be like a coffee table book but it's the name of the book is all is chosen and if you go to the drop down menu of all is chosen you'll get the whole story it's a pretty cool story um, about that book. 
Well, I can't wait for that to be released. So we we can have you back and we can dive into spiritual archetypes and, and more more juicy stuff. So thank you again for everything that you do, who you are, and the light that you bring. It's it is transformative to be in conversation with you and to see your beautiful face. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Susan. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And I'm just gonna end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at Susan at SusanMorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.